Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life. Woo, glory to God. That's the life of God. And that you might have it in abundance. Abundant life flowing into your life. The God kind of life. Your needs met. Blessed in your relationships. No addictions, no afflictions. The freedom to serve God, to love God, and to be an example of goodliness and godliness on the earth. That's the will of God for your life. Isn't that great? Lift your hands up one more time and worship Him. Father, we worship Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Here at Island Church, we believe in and practice what we call the ancient gifts of the Spirit of God. They were in operation in the early church in Jerusalem. Back in Acts, you can read about them. But I want you to know that same spirit that fell in that church is in this church today. The same Jesus that built that church is building this one today. So because of that, we yield to the Holy Ghost. He brings us what the Bible calls vocal gifts, prophecies, tongues and interpretation of tongues. The Bible says they're given to the edification, exhortation, and comfort of the church. They're not pre-rehearsed or pre-arranged. They come simultaneously and spontaneously by the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God only. Certain individuals in the body of Christ here at Island Church, God moves on them to give an utterance and a tongue in a language they've never learned. And then by the Holy Ghost, God has empowered me to give an interpretation of that to bring edification and comfort to your lives. So if you're here today and you have that stirring on the inside of you of a message in tongues, would you lift your hand right now? Praise God. I'm going to ask Sister Pat Martin to give it out if she will. For there is provision for you which you have never dreamed of which your mind has never conceived of. Things from heaven itself that I desire to pour into your life. Blessings and freedom and peace and joy that you've never experienced. So this day, make a decision to follow me with all of your heart. To follow the one that died upon the cross. The one that rose again. The one that is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he shall bring you peace, joy, comfort, and deliverance. For there is a plan and a way which you've never seen and never dreamed of. That if you will make a decision this day, I will walk that way. I will go that way. You will be amazed and surprised that more than your dreams will come true. No, something divine and from heaven will come into your life. And you'll say, surely and truly the Lord has visited me with his blessings. Hallelujah. Now lift your hands up to see things the way God sees things so you can do things the way God does things. So first of all, let me say, if God's dealing with you about going on a trip with her, then come talk to us. We want to help you go. We will help you go. Secondly, we are believing God for a piece of land that has been nothing but a, but a headache and a fight and a battle so we're, we've already prepared a special offering for her, but we're going to give $5,000 above that toward their land. So we're going to give an extra $5,000. Amen. 
I mean, you know, it's no, it's no, circum, it's no circumstance that we're believing God for land and God send us somebody that's having... <laughs> yeah, amen. That's right. So we're going to give an extra $5,000 above that. So if you want to sow toward that when we take the missions offering at the end of the service today, then you put it in there because, listen, I'm going to tell you, that's how God does things. Remember, I taught, it's been several months or, or even a year or so ago, I taught on doing the spiritual math. Remember the woman, that came, she came to Jesus and, and her daughter was possessed of a devil and, and it seemed like everywhere she turned, it was rejection, rejection. The disciples went to Jesus and said, get the woman away from us. And, and Jesus spoke to the woman and said, I'm not called except to the lost sheep of the children of Israel. And, and, and the woman worshipped. Everybody say worshipped. When she worshipped, she got on the right wavelength. And then when Jesus said to her, it's not meat to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. She did not hear a rebuke. She heard her answer. She heard bread, children, dogs. How many remember that message? Bread, children, dogs. She thought, man, if there's any bread, you give it to children. Some dogs are going to get some. She said, I'm not looking for anything more than just a little bit of what the children eat. That's all I need. And Jesus said to her, great is your faith. Great is your So I recognize. I did the math when she was talking. So we're going to sow an extra $5,000 this month in to that ministry so we can get our land and we can build that new auditorium to see hundreds and thousands of people. Amen. Come on, somebody shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 5. Back to Mark chapter 5. We were there three weeks ago. I don't think it's a coincidence that God allowed the story of the woman with the issue of blood to be encapsulated within the story of Jairus. I believe that's the way, exactly the way, uh, that God desired for it to be. That's the way He inspired uh, Mark to write this gospel. So there is relevance to these two stories being connected. There in verse, if you will, verse 21, we'll begin there. It says, When Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people, much people gathered unto Him, and he was nigh to the sea. So Jesus comes across the sea. There's a big crowd there. It says, Behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. So Jairus is part of a crowd that's following Jesus. He comes with a great need. Now, now this is an important point. He comes to the right person. Now I want you to know, thank God for all that man can do, but what man can do is so limited. Thank God for the hospitals. Thank God for the programs. Thank God for what bankers and lawyers and doctors. But listen, we've got a God that can do so much more than man can do. Man, than man does. God is a God of the supernatural. Men are men of the natural, but God is a God of the supernatural. And I want you to know, if you ever taste any taste of all of the supernatural ability of God, you'll never settle for anything less. So Jairus came to the right person. Always come to the right person in the crisis of life. Always come to Jesus. When you're down, when you're out, when you're hurting, when you have problems in your life, Jesus is the right person to come to. He loves you. He cares about you. He is not part of your problem. He is all of your answer. 
I know that a lot of people, they, they, they interpret the word to, 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 to say things like, well, God will put this uh, problem in your life or, or he'll do this or he'll do God would not do that. God, several times in the scriptures, I can show you several times in the scriptures, he says he has not appointed men unto wrath. He is not here to harm men. He's not here to hurt men. He is not part of the problem. We've got a devil the Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We've got a world system that's corrupt and failing more and more every day. We've got bodies that are deteriorating. We've got minds that are crazy. We've got the spirit man on the inside. That's the good thing we've got going for us because it's infused with the life and power of God. But listen, all the enemies are right against us. If God was against us, we wouldn't have a chance. There's no way we could make it. But God's not against us. God is for us. He wants to bless you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to help you. He wants to give you a life and a lifestyle you could have never dreamed of. He's done it for me. I've seen it. I'm a witness. How many witnesses we have in here today? I'm a witness of what God has done. Look at Sister Gravis. She looks so out of place. All those beautiful black faces dancing around. And here comes Sister Jane. Just plain vanilla. Look, that's God. That's God giving her a life she could have never dreamed of. And I guarantee you cannot measure the joy that she has when she goes to that nation and holds those children and receives these offerings and does that work. I want you to know that is a life worth living. Well fulfilled. Amen. But listen, she's not the only one. God's got the same thing for you. It has to start one day with her, with me, with others, all that follow the Lord. It started one day with one step, and then it was the next day with the next step, and the next day with the next step, and then there was a knockdown and a letdown, but we got back up and we kept going and going. I want you to know that's what God has for every person in this place today. So Jairus came to the right person. He came to Jesus. Secondly, he came in the right way. He didn't come mad. He didn't come blaming God. He didn't come upset at the circumstances. He was in a dire circumstances. I've got a beautiful daughter. I don't know, man. It would be tough. I tell you, I'd do everything I could do. I'd pull out all the stops. I'd do everything I could do if I was in that situation. But he came in the right way. He humbled himself. He was the ruler of the synagogue. He had the right to, to, to demand a private uh, audition with Jesus. He had a right to demand this and a right to demand that. But he didn't. He humbled himself. And he came and he fell down on his face and he began to beseech Jesus. And he had faith. Everybody said he had faith. We know he had faith because he, he told Jesus, if you come and you lay your hands on her, she shall be healed and she'll live. So somewhere, somehow, he got some information. Either he saw it or he heard it. He knew that if this man, Jesus, could get hands laid upon you, you'll be healed. You'll be delivered. And I've got good news today. The hands laying on ministry of Jesus has not stopped. It is not over with. It continues through every believer who dares believe, Mark chapter 16, where the Bible says, hands they shall lay and well they shall be. Now notice verse 24. It says, and Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. I like the phrase, Jesus went with. Isn't it a great day when you see God start moving in your life? You've prayed, you've believed God, and here Jesus starts moving. Could you imagine, Jairus must have become really encouraged when Jesus looked at him and saw his faith and said, come on, I'm going with you. And he began to move on his behalf. Then we come to verse 25. And a certain woman, it's always a woman, isn't it? And all the women said, come on now, stay in church. But all of a sudden, it's a whole nother story. 
We know the story. A certain woman had an issue of blood, suffered many things from many physicians for over 12 years. Uh, was nothing better, but rather grew worse. And when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind him, touched his garment. First she said, if I may touch but his garment, I shall be whole. We know all that happened to her. He, she was sick physically. She was sick mentally. She was sick spiritually. She was sick financially. And Jesus touched every area of her life and made her whole. But what was the miracle for the woman with the issue of blood became the delay of Jairus. Now let me say something to you. You need to hear this in our teaching on faith. Delays in the answer of God in your life are never, never a denial of the answer. Delays happen. I don't know why. Sometimes maybe we don't have the faith that we need. Sometimes maybe we're seeking the wrong answer. Some way, somehow, I know there's everything that God has, there's a purpose in it. But when a delay from God comes, there's a purpose to it. There's a reason for it. And God wants you to know no matter how long the delay, it does not matter. God still has a miracle for you. So here comes this delay. This woman with this tremendous problem touches the hem of Jesus' garment, stops the procession of Jairus to his house. Now Jairus could have gotten all right. We know he's what? Ruler of the synagogue. We studied four weeks ago that this woman with the type of disease that she had, it was not legal for her to go into public. And if in public, if she happened to have to pass through public, she had to cover herself and any other Jewish person that approached her, she was to cry, unclean, away, unclean, unclean. So if she was illegally upon that street, the person with the right to arrest and correct the situation was Jairus. But he kept his mouth shut. There are times when you need to just keep your mouth shut. You need to let Jesus be Jesus. You need to let God be God. And if other people are receiving miracles all around you and yours hadn't manifested yet, you just stay close to the master. You just stay with him because he will get you to the place of your miracle. So we know there in verse 34, he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now let's pick Jairus back up. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? Now listen, first of all, let's don't, let's don't go dig up Uncle Charlie and try to raise him from the dead. Is that all right with everybody? You know, let him rest in peace. Amen. He's in heaven. This is not, a, a, this is not a, a, a teaching on how to get dead people raised up. This is a teaching on how not to be intimidated by the time factor. Because I want you to know the enemy will use the time factor against you if you allow him. So here's Jairus. He's moving with Jesus. Then there's this delay that happens. Then as Jesus finishes his ministry to Jairus, here comes this report. Now, this report takes Jairus' problem to another level, to another dimension. Not only is she sick, she's now dead, which is what? Literally a proclamation of impossibility. Why troublest thou the master any longer? That's exactly what the enemy will do to your mind. He'll try to tell you, time's run out. God can't do anything any longer. There's no way God can show up because the calendar page is turned. The clock, uh, the hour hand, the second hand, it's gone too far. God can't show up. That is a lie from hell. 
God is not intimidated by the clock. He's not intimidated by the calendar. He can cross all of the boundaries of time and bring you the miracle that you need right at the time in which you need it. But then notice what the crowd said. Don't trouble the master any longer. You don't need to go down to the island church anymore. You don't need to listen to that faith teaching. You don't need to read the Bible anymore. Don't need to pray. It's too late. It's too late. Always remember that if you're still here breathing, there's always a possibility of God showing up and doing a miracle in your life. Well, I ought to get a better amen than that. Now notice, I like this. As soon as Jesus heard, look there in verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard, always stay close enough to Jesus that no matter what report comes into your life, it's not just your ears it goes into, it's the ears of your Savior. Oh, that's a good word, Pastor. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. Can I read that in the Amplified? Notice what it says in the Amplified. Let me find it here, verse 36. Overhearing, but ignoring what they said, Jesus said. Now let's, just, now let's pray for that piece of land over in Kenya. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, all this negativity that has tried to raise up against Abba's arms, this piece of land that they need, we come into agreement. You said whether two or three, and Lord, there's probably close to 300 of us this morning here believing God, agreeing with the faith of Abba's arms. We say in the name of Jesus, these finances, this money that has come into her hand, she shall have the land in Jesus' name. We bind any demonic force. We bind every power and principality. We say in the name of Jesus, you cannot appeal to the greed of man. But we say in the name of Jesus, this property was destined since the day it was created to be a place to educate the children of Kenya in a godly way, in a spiritual way. And we declare the land ours in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Now, see, the devil heard that all the way in Kenya, and he had to bow his knee to it. Amen? Overhearing and ignoring what they said. Jesus said, sure, the reports are going to come. Sure, the doctor's going to say it's not getting any better. It's getting worse. Sure, the banker's going to tell you we're not going to lend you the money. Sure, they're going to say the money's not coming in. They're going to lay off at the plant. They're going to cut your... Listen, don't allow the negative reports of our life experience to affect us. Stay close to Jesus. He will overhear it. He will ignore it. You say, why? He has the final word. I said, he has the final word. Mm -mm, I'm about to get happy in here this morning. Overhearing, but ignoring what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear, only keep on believing. Now, here, here's a trap the enemy will throw on you in faith. Believe in what? The problem has gone to a different dimension now. The dynamic of the problem has changed. The enemy will tell you, yeah, you may have had faith for healing, but you ain't got no faith for this. But Jesus said, don't be alarmed. Don't be seized with fear. I heard what that report said. Just keep believing what got you to me in the first place, you said, 
if I would get to her and lay my hands on her, she would be healed and she would live. Her dying does not cancel your faith. Listen, when you begin to make a declaration, my God supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When you begin to make declarations of faith over your body for healing, a situation that arises that brings it to a more negative position does not change the word that God empowered you to believe in the first place because Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith. Just keep on believing, Jairus. Just keep on believing. Don't worry Don't worry that the situation has changed. Don't worry that the circumstances changed. You came to the right person. You came to the right place. You came in the right way. You didn't let a little delay stop you. You didn't leave me when there was a delay. You stayed with me. I overheard the report. You hang in there. You stay in there. I'm still with you. And I, I don't know who that's for this morning, but the Holy Ghost wants you to know he's still with you. He's still with you. He's not forsaken you. You're not, you're not going to lose what God has empowered you to believe. Hang in there. God's going to bless you, set you free, deliver you. Ah, thank you. The Holy Ghost just said, tell them, the last chapter hadn't been written yet. You get to write it. The doctor may have written the first chapter. The banker may have written the second chapter. The lawyer may have written the third chapter. The psychiatrist may have written the fourth. But you get to write the last chapter with your faith. Mm-mm-mm. Soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. I love verse 37. It's so precious, so tender. He suffered no man to follow him save Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. See, he started out in a great crowd of people. Sometimes we do that. Maybe you were at the outreach yesterday. You've come to Island Church. You just say, well, you know, I'm just part of the crowd here, Pastor. I'm just, you know, I don't know if God even sees me or knows me. Listen. If you will follow Jesus, there will come appointed times in your life in which Jesus will give you personal attention. I don't care if the church is a church of 10,000 or 100,000. Jesus will single you out of crowds. He will get you out of the crowd. He will say, it's time for me to give you my personal attention. Your faith has got you this far. Don't quit now. You may have started out in the crowd, but now I'm going to gather you into myself. I'm going to deal with you one-on-one. You're fixing to get a personal answer, a personal visitation, a personal touch. Sure, Jesus loves to touch the crowd. He loved to pour out his spirit. He loved to bring the presence of his Father. But then he'd go to those one, those people that wouldn't give up, those people that wouldn't stop, those that wouldn't leave him, wouldn't quit, even when everything else said, leave, nothing could happen. So you stay with it. You stick with it. I tell you, your scheduled visitation is right in front of you. Personal attention from the master. He suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, John, the brother of James. Now notice this. He cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, seeth the turmoil, them which wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. <laughs> now listen, folks. How many faith people we have in here? You want to walk in faith? You want to be a faith person? You better get ready. There are times when your words around other people are going to sound very abstract. They're going to look at you like, what do you mean God will supply all of your need according? What do you mean by his stripes you're healed? 
What do you mean he's not giving you a spirit of fear but a power? What do you mean? Are you crazy? Have you lost your mind? Say, yeah, I've lost my mind, got the mind of Christ. There are times when the word will sound very abstract. I guarantee you, we've been involved in times when people needed mighty miracles and we would begin to confess the word up at the hospital in the intensive care wards and we would begin to pray, uh, play tapes and praise and worship and the word of God and the doctors would come and say, you don't know how serious this situation is and we'd put up our hands and say, glory to God. You don't know how big our God is and we would see God deliver. We would see God heal. I see Misty back there, her son. I see Ted and Ella, their son, raised from the dead. I see the power of God all that God has done. Listen, you stay with it. If that word sounds abstract, thank God that means you got some faith in your heart. When you declare yourself rich when you ain't got two dimes in your pocket, healed when pain is racking your body, you declare yourself joyful when depression is trying to rack your mind, it may sound abstract to this world, but it sounds good to God. Why make you this a doing weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. Now notice this. And they laughed him to scorn, but when he had put them all out. Listen, they may laugh, they may mock. Don't you fight. Don't you argue with people. Don't you get mad and riled up. You say, why? Let him put them out. Let the Word put them. You stand on the Word. You stand on what you believe. You let the ridicule, you let the persecution come. It'll come. I said, it'll come to all of those that stand and believe God. There's persecution out there. There's people that think you're crazy. They see you parked here at Island Church. They'll come to you and say, don't you know that's a cult? Don't you know that's this or that? You tell them, no, all I know is I went in bound, came out free. I went in blind, came out seeing. Went out, came in crippled, came out walking. Always that voice is going to rise up. But you let the word, you say, what do you mean let the word put them out? You stand on the word and stand on the word and stand on the word. And when that word manifests, what you'll have is a testimony and they're left with an argument. And I want you to know a testimony is always, always greater than an argument. Mm -mm -mm. He put them out. Taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him. Entered in where the damsel was lying. Took the damsel by the hand, said unto her, To lift thy kumni, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, Arise, and straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years. They were astonished with a great astonishment. That's the will of God, is for us to be astonished with great astonishment at what God can do. Now, let me close with this. I've used this illustration for years in this story. And I guess, I guess for, you know, I'm not... not a brilliant person, but it kind of makes sense to me, so I'll give it to you. The other night, uh, 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 Laura and Roland and I and Leah and Breland, we went to a baseball game. And I've always likened faith to baseball, not like football or basketball. Football and basketball is played on the clock, and no matter how good the game is, uh, they just won't put more time on the clock. When the clock goes to zero, 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 uh, it can be the greatest Super Bowl. It can be the greatest uh, uh, NCAA Final Four. It can be the greatest uh, in, uh, NBA Final. It can be the greatest. Everybody's crying out, just play another, just play another quarter, play another day. It's no, it's over. Zero, 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 it's over. Now, the enemy wants you to think that your walk of faith is like that on a time clock, that there's a zero, zero, zero coming up that will deny your miracle. Amen. But now think about baseball for a minute. 
The only clock they have in baseball is the one that tells the time. Amen. I guess I don't know how long the longest game ever was. I'm sure it was several uh, uh, 18 or 20 hours or something like that that they played till there was a determined winner. Now, in the game of baseball, you got a pitcher and you've got a batter. Without those two, you couldn't play the game. Now, in faith, the pitcher is the one that's throwing at you. You ever had the devil come at you? He don't play fair. He's throwing spitballs, grease balls. He's doing everything he can do. Throwing at you, cheating. Now, he wants you to think that you have struck out. He'll throw one by you and you'll swing. He'll throw another one by you, you'll swing. He'll throw another one by you, you'll swing. And he'll start jumping up and down going, you're out, you're out, you're out, you're out. But here's the thing. The pitcher does not run the game. But he wants you to think that he does. So he wants to declare you out. But here's the good news. There's somebody right behind the catcher called the umpire. And the, and the Bible says of Jesus that he is the umpire of the universe. Job said this, would there be an umpire, a daysman, somebody that could lay their hand upon God and their hand upon me, not would that, not would that in, would enforce the rules, but that he would be the rules. Now, in the natural in baseball, we know the umpire enforces already predetermined rules. But in faith, Jesus doesn't enforce already predetermined rules. He is the rules. He is the Word, was the Word, forever will be the Word. So when you swing at that last pitch, don't look at the devil, at the pitcher. Look at the umpire. He will say to you, are you still standing in the batter's box of life? Yeah, I'm still here. He will say, take another swing. The devil will jump up and down and say, no, no, no. He'll say, take another swing. And he'll let you swing a fourth time, a fifth time, a sixth time, a seventh time, a 200th time, a 2,000th time. As long as you're willing to stand there and swing, you will eventually connect in faith and drive what the devil has been throwing at you right down his throat. No clock, no calendar. You stay in there. You keep swinging. It doesn't matter that he's cheating. It doesn't matter that he's throwing, throwing spitballs and grease balls. All that matters is that you stand in there swinging, 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 because as you swing, you'll learn more and more and more till you finally connect. And when that faith connects in your heart, God says, now. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. I mean, evidence of things not seen. He'll say, now it's time for your miracle. That which you believe. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive and you shall have it. That space in between, you believe you receive and you shall have, will be completed. God is the author and when he sees you standing in there swinging, he's going to be the finisher of everything he has empowered you to believe. Isn't God good? Don't you love him? Can you put your hands up and worship him right now? Father, we worship you. Nothing's impossible with God. He loves you with an everlasting love beyond your imagination. He's not mad at you. He cares about you. And I want you to know he has a miracle for your life today. Hallelujah. Pray softly for me, Brother Frank, if you will. Ever head bowed, ever eye closed. Real quick, just for a second. Nobody moving around. This is an important point, a uh, part of the service here. 
We want to ask everybody here this morning, are you right with God? Are you living right? Are you doing right? Is Jesus your Lord? You say, Pastor, I don't know. I'm not sure. You need to be sure today. Maybe you've been saved before at one, one time in your life and you've broken that fellowship with the Lord. I want you to know Jesus has not broken His relationship with you. He's drawn you back to this church this morning to restore that in your life. Maybe you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. We had over 30 people yesterday that made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. That means when they die, they go to heaven. That means here on earth, if they'll stick with the Word of God and stay with the Word, they'll live in victory. They'll have answers to prayer. They'll understand more and more about God every day that they live. So if you're here this morning and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not sure I'm right with God. I want to be right with God. I want to, I want to be sure that I'm saved. I want to be sure that Jesus is my Lord. Please pray for me, Pastor. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand up high so I can see it. Anybody at all? Pray with me just a moment, church. One hand over here. God bless you. You can put your hand down once you've raised it. Another hand over here. God bless you. Pray with me just a moment, church. If God is dealing with your heart, I see that hand. Hallelujah. See another hand. God bless you. You don't have to raise it but once. You don't have to raise it but one time. One more time, I'm going to look. One more time so that you can come up and pray with me. One more time, if God is dealing with your spirit right now and you know that's you that God is speaking to, that God is dealing with, raise your hand right now in Jesus' name. Don't reject His love. Anybody else, real quick, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Hallelujah. Now look this way. Everybody look this way. All of you. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.